Hello, one and all. Welcome to another exciting episode of Cowboy Mafia. Mafia is not just a word that describes organized crime. Mafia is, a, is a, a, all about a group of influencers in a sport or organization that has a powerful influence. And we are sitting, or I am sitting, next to three men in our industry, not just Western sports, but in the world, in the planet, in the universe, that has a powerful influence. Brad Narducci, my amazing co-host. Thank you. He that is the nice. cowboy in the Cowboy Mafia. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm total mafia. Okay, anyways. How you doing? Okay, that's not... That that's mafia. That huh? doesn't make you mafia. Introduce our guests. All right, I'm going to introduce um, two men that hail from north of the border in Canada. And I'm so excited and thankful that they agreed to do this because it was kind of a last-minute ask. And I'm very thankful. I didn't really give them an option. Um, Please do this. But they said yes. And so the first man, he the is. Mo- the money was right. The money. Money was the good. Sh- yeah, the, exactly. The, sh- the show up the money, is good. The money, yeah. Good. The first man I will introduce, he has produced some of the biggest and best rodeos in the world, from the Calgary Stampede to the American in Arlington, Texas. And now he is joining us here in Salt Lake as our arena director, Mr. Keenan Vine. And one of the renowned recording artists that has ever lived. When you think of cowboy music, when you think of real deal country music, you think of this man's name. He is Canada's George Strait, but he is a treasure to the entire world. Mr. <laughs> Corb. Yes. Yes. Well, thanks. That you was... didn't do the applause thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hang on. I got Ladies and gentlemen, Keenan Vine. <laughs> there it is. Keenan Vine and uh, Corb Lund. I've noticed that people in your industry aren't afraid of hyperbole. Huh? No. Yeah, <laughs> not at all. If I knew what hyperbole was. Yeah, you might have exaggeration. exaggeration. Is that that bull's name? <laughs> the build-up is always very good. Right? Talking to the mic, Keenan. It's always very good for your confidence. Corb, That's right. Yeah. Right before you go on. Well, Corb has been one of those guys that he's been on live with Lucia before, and and we were connected we through through our love of the Western industry. And as I got as I've gotten to know Corb, you realize that there's more than just a you know tall singer, handsome, great hair, debonair. The guy's a cowboy. <laughs> the guy's a real deal cowboy. He's a cowboy. I retired a little early. I, my rodeo career got cut short because I discovered Iron Maiden. Iron <laughs> Maiden. Run to the hills. That's right. Rock and roll, baby. Yeah, hyperbole. That's great. <laughs> what is hyperbole? What I can't even say. Hyperbole, hyperbole means hyperbole. Exa- it means exaggeration. Is there a B in there? Hyperbole. Yes. Yeah, it means Hyper- it means gross exaggeration. <laughs> so you you need to. <laughs> I need to learn that word because That's I do that. Anthony's a lot. middle name. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not Marco. Anthony hyperbole. 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 Yeah. Oh, I did it. Hyperbole. Good job, buddy. He's got to not think. The thing you need to know about Corb is, what's your IQ? I've heard, I've heard your IQ's like off the charts. I don't know how that works. You've never like that tested shit, it? That shit's culturally biased. You okay. <laughs> the only reason that is actually, Brad is bringing up true. what your IQ is, because one time he took an online test that's a fluke. He paid thirty nine no, ninety nine, no. and he scored really high, and so now automatically he thinks he's a genius. I, I wouldn't say I'm a genius. I tested at high levels. <laughs> the problem with the IQ test is in America, it's different than the rest of the world. So. And we're not sorry about it. <laughs> are, are you saying that because you guys just use metric and we use metric and standard? <laughs> standard sucks, by the way. Like, just pick one. I'm just thankful we don't use metric because I, whenever I went to Canada, no idea what the roadsides mean. What yeah. I don't understand, it's fine, miles, kilometers, but, but Fahrenheit, how can something be... Oh, you got positive yeah. thirty-two, and it's frozen solid. That makes no sense whatsoever. What is that ratio? Well, there is a bit of a logic to metric in in that. Here we go. Like water, water freezes at zero, zero, and it boils at a hundred. So there is a sort of a yeah, sort of a baked. You in are a genius. How did you know that? 
Wow. It's, well, our that's so, it's our system. It's our system. Your well, system. Don't kick control the entire system of what we believe, okay? Well, Canadian Who? system of... Well, it's not just Canadian. It's, it, it, I don't mean to be that guy, but it's yes. actually everywhere except for the States. Yeah. You try, <laughs> it's true. It's true. So are you telling me that's science? It's scientific. Okay. Whatever. I can see it's how like science. Go. Canada's Trent Canada's wow. Yeah. My, my to be clear, my whole my whole ancestry is from is from from here, from Utah, actually. Really? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So They're you're not even a real Canadian. I'm a fourth or fifth. I'm a fifth generation Canadian. So your family left Utah, That's went right. to Canada. Yep. They were part of the. Don't hold it against me because it's not my personal deal. But but uh, they were part of the big Mormon migration oh, yeah. at, at the turn of the century. Yep. My wow. mom's side of the family is from uh, Spanish Fork. My dad's side's from Spring City. And they all went up to Alberta around the turn of the century. So it sounds like your parents were smart too, because they got out of here and went to Alberta. <laughs> there, yeah. I agree. I'm a northerner. I'm, I'm basically beautiful Rocky Mountains. I'm basically Canadian. Canada is pretty. Yeah, it was really cool during the Calgary Stampede to see all of the people from the states. Were you up this year? Huh? Were you up this year? No, oh. no, I didn't. I was. I've been Nephi everywhere else. That was hot. Not nice. Um, actually, it wasn't that hot in Nephi, but either way, no, I haven't been since I was there with my dad in the 90s. But it was really neat to see all of the United States competitors that go up there to compete posting photos of the most beautiful country in the world. Like, it, I felt like I was there through social media and through everybody, but I didn't realize it was that pretty because when I was there, I just went to the CFR 2012 and it was not pretty. And no, it was pretty cold, Edmonton. probably. It was yeah. the coldest I've ever been in my entire life. Yeah, there's yeah, been some cold. years at the CFR where we got two feet of Last year, in Red Deer, yeah. it was two feet of snow, minus 30, blizzarding, highway shut down. Jeepers. I love winter, though. I really you're from Montana. You have to. Do. You have no choice. Yeah, yeah like, but your you winter is like the best winter. It's really good, yeah. Whitefish, Montana yeah. winter is... That's why... I, would live there in the wintertime. Well, you did for a while, yeah. yeah. See, I'm from Texas, and no winter is good. <laughs> well, we can't handle the heat. Like, I mean, it, it's kind of, we get used to what you're used to, but, like, when I explain to my Texan buddies how, like, the fluid in your knees gets thick and stuff, it's so cold, and it hurts. It hurts. And your face walk. hurts. <laughs> you're just, literally but just look like a penguin. <laughs> but at the same time, <laughs> I, I, I can't handle the heat that you guys have. It's really? Yeah, well, that's because we're pretty tough in yeah. Texas. It's we're hard. The heat's hard on Canadians, but especially... Gingers like me—that's right, brutal. Well, not the heat, but the humidity. I well, think it's just no the sun here. Have no, you no, seen no, people from Texas always say that's what I'm saying. Like it's, in Texas, it's the humidity. It is that. But I was in West Texas, no humidity. Pecos and Big Spring, 110, 100, between Holy. 110, 117 every day for two weeks. And when it c- cools off to 95 degrees at midnight, <sighs> you're like, oh, cold front's coming in. Where's my jacket? See, if that was in the metric system, that would be way over boiling. Your blood would be boiling. So, <laughs> what would that be in metric? You keep talking about the metric system. My metric you're make system. My blood Convert boil. it. Forty-six degrees Celsius. Degrees Celsius. So, hey, you know what you should do sometime? I'm sure you're always busy every summer like all of us, but if you have time, if you've been to Calgary, you should come up to our uh, to the Panoka Stampede. That's our coolest rodeo. So. I, I've watched Pinocchio. I watched Pinocchio because it happened, what, two weeks ago? Two weeks, yeah. And well, I was watching yeah, it on the Cowboy Channel. Okay, it's over yeah. the fourth. It's a good one. It Watching the when they run them down the lane, oh, yeah. it looks so sweet. It's, it's a little bit like Pendleton that yeah. way. Yeah, but it's uh, Calgary's our most famous one. It's the big one and the showbiz one, but the Pinocchio's super cool. Yeah. yeah a lot of, really there's good. a very old school yeah. feel. Of, like Just watching it, it felt very old school. Like Even the announcers, 
like they kind of just commentate like it's kind of who's it doc dr lynn phillips and yep. uh less no not less yeah Le- less McIntyre? less is part of the announcing team. yeah McIntyre. i think he did yeah. the timed events maybe. less is my relative i freaking oh, love, really i love how they That's announce cool. too it's it is like ladies and gentlemen i can't even do it because yeah. it's so classy anthony lucia not, not even like that they also have a raffle for 50 pasture bread heifers what? Oh, that's yeah. incredible. Yeah, that's, that's a great that's, that's that's the raffle. raffle. Yeah. Oh my Seriously. word. How much are tickets? Fifty bucks. Fifty bucks. But that's so true. The other thing is I spent is I spent more than I'd like to admit <laughs> on <laughs> And you I didn't think, win? Right. No. I think you can also take the heifers or take the equivalent of the money. You can take right now would be a lot. lot. Yeah, Fifty right. bread heifers? Are yeah. you kidding me? That's fairly strong. I guess they wouldn't that's be a, heifers if they were bread. Fifty bread cows. No, no, they're they're first calf, first, first calf. Yeah, yeah that, wow. that I mean that doesn't our fifty fifty doesn't touch that. <laughs> that's pretty. Never, that's that's good style points. Yeah, exactly. That's no incredible. That does somebody donate that? <laughs> yeah, well, kind of, but it's Vold Jones Vold the auction barn. So okay, like Nance and Vold Wayne Vold. Yep, yep. Right? Wow. Well, Nance's dad Blair, but that would be like a hundred thousand dollars. Ah, probably well, more than that in America. Right now, Canadian would be. Cattle prices are. It's the same thing crazy. here. Yeah, it's crazy. Roping steers are bringing like eight hundred, like fresh roping steers. It's incredible. I wonder how much that bull tonight. That <laughs> oh. <laughs> Let's talk about that. Oh yeah. my god! Okay, so the <laughs> elephant in the room. Context. Yeah. Let's context. clear it so we can move on. Salt Lake City, Utah. Days of forty. The Utah days of forty-seven. Night number two. We're having quite possibly one of the greatest rodeos I've ever been a part of. Like <clears> it was clicking along. We were ahead of our timeline by about five minutes. Which he, darn right we were. Yeah. Other than the bear, the first bareback rider, <laughs> he made up for it in the bull riding. He made out with what? He made up for it in the bull. Oh, okay. Riding. Well, yeah, to be good. fair, there was the snafu with the passenger jet that flew across okay. the arena. We're splitting hairs, anyways. Let me let's get to it. So <laughs> we get through the whole rodeo. We have one <laughs> bull ride that I called was going to happen. Keenan lost twenty dollars to me. That's not yeah, part of the story. You bet. Well, yeah, because I didn't. I don't know any of the bulls. <laughs> Anthony wants to bet me on the deal. No, yeah, you came up with the bet. He takes the bull. That's like the only twenty-one yeah, point uh, bull in the herd. I wouldn't say twenty. Corb could have rode that son of a bitch. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Anyways, so we get through the whole rodeo, and then we have Manu Latas, the flying Frenchman. He's who's just an incredible athlete and performer, and it's all fresh Mexican fighting bulls from a guy in Oregon that they brought in, and last night's bull was extremely mean. This spotted bull was unbelievably mean. Well, here, there's two different camera crews here, one for the Cowboy Channel and then one for in-house. And there's a camera pit. It's not really a pit, but it's the same style where... It's a panel. It's a panel with two, two rungs. Yeah, two bars in the panel. To fit the cameras, right? Yeah, yeah. So, it's, so there's, you know, they can get... There's three cameras sitting there, whatever. Manu it's actually jumps here the bull. day they cut the bars off the first year we had oh, the rodeo here. I'm still I'm shaking thinking about it again. So Manu jumps the bull three times. He wants one more try. The bull goes to the camera pit, hooks through the camera pit, knocks down two cameras. My brother, Tommy Joe, who is producing this, is yelling at the bullfighters, get him away from there, get him away from there. They're doing their best, but the bull has, like, smelt blood at this point. He got to connect with something. Leaves there. Menu's trying to get him lined up again to jump, goes back to the the place in the fence, hooks the cameras again, jumps through, and where does he jump into? The VIP. <laughs> the VIP. Yeah. There are small children, there's families, there's cowboys, there's VIPs. And by the grace of God... Who are very important people to this rodeo. Yes. Yeah. And we have people from the state legislature, like, I mean, the Zion's Bank. Yeah. And, 
all these um, you know amazing pe- partners, corporate partners that are here and brought their families for a good time at the rodeo. <laughs> Little did they know they were going to be on the Titanic, but it was filled with bulls. <laughs> One bull, <laughs> so, but a very, very deadly bull. By the grace of God, there was probably 20 kids back there. Nobody got hurt. The bullfighters, Keenan. I've been hearing rumors, not rumors, but like from four different eyewitness accounts, Keenan <laughs> literally saved the day. He was there. Yeah. He was there. I was just involved. I, he it said, was chaos. Hey, come on. Like, Keenan comes up and like to the announcer stand, which is on the other side where Brad and I were. Okay, so <laughs> we, we have to explain this. This says something about the, the cowboy mentality. When that happened, you see people jumping in to help. Anthony and I were not two of those people. So <laughs> we're on the pole, We're on the exact opposite side. And just to explain to you guys, this bull has no chance of getting to Anthony. Unless he grew wings at some point of this. And then Brad starts playing the theme song to the Titanic. <laughs> it was well, t- it, it, it Anthony, was too tight to get a pickup man in, in there. In all, was, yeah. in all well, seriousness, he couldn't get in there. I stayed on the microphone, but I'm looking to my right, <laughs> which is the opening to the announcer stand that we're on, because we're ground level here, but there's a stair. And I'm like, if I move the stair, the bull won't be able to get up here. <laughs> <laughs> this is how I feel so horrible admitting this. Anthony, he wasn't even on your I side. I didn't know that. I thought he was coming for us because that's how my stupid brain works, where I'm like, somehow or another, he's going to get over here. But thankfully, because of Keenan, the Utah Days at 47 crew. A lot of people. Everybody, bullfighters. Bullf- <sighs> yes, DeKevis and Knox Dunn. DeKevis Air Jordan, Knox Dunn. The pickup men were over there. Manu. Manu, yes. Everybody bailed in. Yeah. Thank God my wife saved Justin Rumford's kids. Oh, my God. There was, yeah. Like, it was wild. It I looked was, over and Rump was on the fence and he had his son. He had Bandy and like they were, he was like geez. holding Bandy. Wait, Bandy was holding Rump? <laughs> yeah, because Rump was terrified. <laughs> I'm like, do something, Rump. Anyways, by the, thank God everybody was safe. They actually got the bull back into the arena and, and then jumped Manu, him again, right? And then Manu, then he because he's a psychopath, him. they open the gate. Manu lines up, does another flip over him as the bullfighters lead him out of the gate. And all I want is this for this to be over. And Manu's like, nah, nah, not today. Check this out. And jumps him again. The crowd was on their feet. Dude. It was the nuts. scariest, most incredible moment of my entire career. I'm sure it'll be on the news tomorrow, but by the time you listen to this, you'll have already read about it, seen about it, heard about it. Watch it um, on Instagram. If you want to, yeah, if you want a real life account, message any one of us for. And Corb was back there. Corb played a show, just came for a nice night, have a couple beers with his buddies. <laughs> Little did he know, yeah, his life the... was in danger. <laughs> Corb got hooked. <laughs> that was the show. Show was good. Got the shit hooked out of me. <laughs> the boys are like, Corb, we got to go to Cheyenne. Yeah. We're leaving. He's like, I can't. I can't. I can't. <laughs> got a bum leg. Rodeo injury, boys. <laughs> Rodeo injury. Yeah, it could have uh, could have been worse though. Oh my gosh, Un- incredibly like, worse. It, the fact that no one got hurt, I, given that it was, I mean, it's pretty western. <laughs> but not one person got injured. Not, not one person. One. That's the camera got seriously injured. Like, oh, it's incredibly done. messed done. up. Was the camera cow- did. Oh yeah, you told me that. Was that, that a cow- Was that a cowboy channel camera? I think I'm not sure. I think Tom, I was going to ask in house. That cowboy channel know. doesn't send cameras anymore. Oh yeah, yeah the camera yeah. guys are okay. Yeah. yeah, well, the camera broke. That's uh, the camera actually literally saved the cameraman's really? life because it took the brunt of it. Really? Wow. And Janie Johnson was there. She jumped out of the way. Like, it was, the thing was just. I just saw the cameraman. He was wiping the poop <laughs> off his pants because he shit yeah, his he pants did. so much. Bring me my brown pants. Oh, my <laughs> anyway, so that's what we just went through the worst 30 part, minutes ago. The worst part was about the whole thing, as I've and I was thinking about it as it was happening, was. An hour before that, Anthony and I were talking yeah. up in the announcer stand. And we had a bit of a break, and I said, "I've worked 
other sports. Like I've worked baseball with with the Brad Narducci. That's I've right. worked hockey, football, whatever. I've worked lots of different sports, different events in production, and none of them are as fast paced or things changing. All these different elements going on. Then add in animals and people and people jumping out of airplanes like rodeo, like and. And I said, like, all we're doing is, like, we've found this way to control chaos yep. and make it into this tidy show that you can actually run off and yeah. everybody goes, oh, that was really good. And it was fast and whatever. And then that happens. And I'm like, holy crap. 20 like, minutes later, the chaos ensues. Yeah. It it's like, pandemonium. <laughs> well, it's <laughs> happening, but it was. It was like, and then it came back out into the arena. Yeah. He jumps the bullet, leaves, and everybody's like, wow, that was pretty good. And then yeah. everybody gives a standing ovation, and the lights go off, and the show continues to run. Yeah. It, it's it's incredible. <laughs> I, I can't. I'm it still, is like this stuff, other than maybe if you're at a music festival and the tornado comes or a big wind, like it doesn't happen in other production yeah. events. Like that is not something. Maybe somebody jumps up on stage or well, throws animal, a beer at your animal, head. The animal uh, aspect of it, that's a factor that's random, right? Uncontrolled, yeah. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to ask. There's no other sport, and I was going to even refer it back to the music industry. I'm sure you've been. Well, really, drunk people will sort of behave <laughs> that way sometimes. <laughs> that's what I was going to yeah. say. Like, I'm sure you've experienced in some of your concerts just absolute chaos. Yeah, there's been a couple times where where it's it's been a little touch and go because people are like I I like a drunk crowd. Like it's, they're always fun. <laughs> yeah, you know? but there's been a couple times where there's where they're where they're so out of control. It just it's a bit much, right? Yeah, because and it's I've never been in danger. But what's the wildest thing that's happened to you? I've been in a couple scraps on stage. <laughs> you've been in scraps, yeah. Like you've fought people, yeah. Well, you don't have I security had, at some of to. these venues. You no know? choice, really. So, so I have footage of it actually. <laughs> tell, you tell, tell us. Did tell, you throttle him? That. Yeah, I did. <laughs> but he was really drunk. I and I. I didn't punch him in the face because he was just, he was just super what a nice, nice guy. guy. That's how nice Corb is. Hey, we're gonna get in a fight. That's Canadians. I'm not gonna punch you in the face. I'm just gonna beat the <laughs> shit out of everywhere. He else. was a lot smaller than me, so. I well, just, you're not exactly small. Yeah, so it, we're all smaller than you. I'm not. I'm honestly not a fighting kind of guy ever. But, but I, was, I bet. Do you want to hear the story? Yes. Okay, yes. So, okay. So I'm playing in Winnipeg, of course, at this punk rock bar years ago, and this and, is your uh, prior band. No, this band. Oh, the country band. Well, um, I used to be in a sort of speed metal band, but yeah, so I mean, uh, <laughs> side note, <laughs> side note, but I'm playing this show and, and everybody's having a great time dancing and stuff. And there's this one really drunk guy and he's smashing beer bottles on the dance floor and making a mess. And I just told him, buddy, tone it down or whatever. And he's immediately on stage in my face and he's about a foot shorter than me and he's, he's, uh, yipping at me and I'm trying to sing the song and and i eventually put my arm around him and i smiled so the audience would think i was being nice and i said i'm really gonna kick your butt if you don't get <laughs> off stage and he goes you're abusing your power and stuff like that <laughs> oh my God. Started, that's next time i'm about to get into a fight that's what i'm gonna say <laughs> anarchy he, he started poking at me and stuff so i put the guitar down and just thumped him oh my gosh that's incredible but you didn't have security or anything no, it was a gnarly bar. Oh my word! Wow. It wasn't. I wasn't in, ever in any. In and you guys, danger, but he was don't really drunk. Understand what, what, when he says Winnipeg like that? <laughs> What's that? Is that compared to like Oakland Raiders Stadium? Oh, like just it's being scary. in Winnipeg would be a lot like being in Oakland or, or like maybe a, like a bar in Odessa or something. Or something. You know? <laughs> oh god. Okay, so bunch of old rig guys just back ready, ready to just give us the details. Where, where'd you hit him in the chest over and over and over? Oh, because in in hockey and fights and they and say and start in the chest. It's like you know, like <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> yes. I don't, and I don't mean to 
brag like I'm a tough. I'm not no. a tough guy at all. It's not my thing. But I had no choice really. And then, uh, and then they eventually hauled him out. <laughs> and then five minutes later, he's somehow back in the bar with a fresh beer. Like they oh served him God. new beer. Anyway, he got thrown out again. And then, and then uh, somebody after the show was like, "Yeah, it was great. You took care of the guy." And I said, "Yeah, I didn't really want to hurt him too much because he was drunk." And he said, "Well, I got him for you in the parking lot." <laughs> <laughs> That's so, good fans. You so do have I a guess, cult following. Canadian I, justice. I guess he, uh, yeah. Anyway. That's the, the funniest part. That's an understatement. Okay, so I, I have it on footage, uh, footage of this. And my friend, who's he's uh, his name's Jeff, and he's uh, he's sort of a folky kind of guy, a lot smaller than me, and, and the least violent guy ever. And and he he's watching. He was opening the tour, and he's watching. I didn't know this till I saw the footage after. But he's watching what's going on, and somehow something in the back of his lizard brain says, "Oh, my friend's in trouble. I got to help." But he he was like pacing, and he didn't know what to do. It was really funny watching. Him. <laughs> There's a like, few people like that tonight. I got to do something. Yeah. I got to do something. But, Brad uh, and myself. That's what we were doing. If, we should really do something. I wish you guys could have had a camera of Anthony and I because we had the same thought. I, I imagined that bull getting up on the announcer stand. I'm going, okay, am I going in the <laughs> arena? Am I jumping behind me? He would have to get through five different fences to get to you. So at the I time, know. though, we didn't realize that because we've never like looked on that side to see well, what that's the true. transit... Announcers don't ever look outside of themselves. Or the arena. All right, Keenan. That's about enough <laughs> out of you. Shots fired. Shots yeah, fired. shots fired. Open 20 season. minutes in, here we season. go. Let's go. So, Keenan, have you ever seen in all of your... Because, I mean, you've done... You've been a part of a lot of great rodeos and different things and produced a lot of bull ridings and things. Have you ever seen anything like that? Not like that. I've seen bulls get out. I've seen, you know, uh, well, Canadian Finals Rodeo in 2010, the bull jumped over the fence, which oh, it's was, on YouTube. Only, was only completely mitigated. Isn't that in a hockey rink? That was by yeah. the great Gary Rempel. Gary Rempel yeah, roped right. him. I remember that picture. Mid-air. White bull. Oh, my word. Mid-air. Rank. Yeah. Rank picture. Oh yeah, it was a rank bull too, actually. And anyways, so he roped him midair, and the bull did get over. Yeah, but he had him. But he had him. Yeah, he did. He did land on some people, and it was bad. <laughs> like it was. Bad. I'm not laughing. You are. There was a few people that got seriously injured. But uh, if he wouldn't have roped okay him, now. Yeah, they're yes. okay now. But if he wouldn't have roped that bull, It'd and the bull pan, got up and was like pan. running up and down the stands, like we're talking My about Lord. in a hockey stadium, like up and down. Yeah. The- oh yeah. Because that was in Edmonton in 2010. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so that was pretty crazy. But I was actually telling the guys, we were doing a PBR in a small town just north of Medicine Hat, where I'm from. Um, The Gurlitz family used to be, you know, quite Mm -hmm. a prevalent bull breeding stock contractor in Canada. And Tanner Gurlitz, obviously, is Canadian champion bull rider. They had this PBR in their hometown. And uh, they had this bull called White Mex because he was half Mexican, oh, but he was uh, white. Makes sense. And I was saying, we were after the bull ride was already over, and we were all sitting around. There's a few of us bullfighters taking our gear off. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, this like, white streak just went past our camper. And we're like, what was that? Oh, it was a bull. Oh, no, it God. wasn't just any bull. It was White the Mexican. half-blood Mexican bull running into the field where all the people were exiting the arena and this the you know bull riding with like their lawn chairs. And I just like the only thing I remember about it is I was chasing after him in my bare feet, what? running him de- running behind him, and there was a little kid and his grandparents, and the grandpa threw his lawn chair down. And if he wouldn't have thrown his lawn chair down, this bull would have just like mowed them all over. But he looked down at the lawn chair and ran over it, kind of. Wow. And he ran downtown in the town, 
And they went down there and roped him and got him in a trailer or whatever. But it was like that was crazy. But same thing as tonight. Nobody got hurt. Not one person got touched. That would have happened in Winnipeg. Bad news for the Bulls. Oh, bad news. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody would have shot him for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Downtown Winnipeg. I went to the rodeo in Eureka, Montana. They have a pretty good. Yeah. You've been there a lot. Yeah. They have a little NRA rodeo there and this guy on this bareback horse. He's riding him and this horse jumped the fence with him on it. Yep. Mm. Ran in the parking lot. And this guy bails off in the back of this truck. No way. <laughs> I can't make this up. I'll call my dad just to show you. <laughs> <clears throat> Lands in the back of this pickup truck. And everybody's like standing on their feet to see if he gets up. He jumps up and he has a beer. They had a cooler in the back. Jumps up, has a beer. Crowd went nuts. Craziest thing I've ever saw. Isn't it Rod Hay or somebody? There's that video. He gets thrown over the fence. Rod or Denny Hay, who would be like Logan and Dawson's uncle. Yep, yep. And I don't, maybe it was like Innisfail or somewhere. Anyways, he got thrown over the fence, and then he stood up, and somebody handed him a beer and he <laughs> chucked the beer. Like somebody like that. But anyways, I saw a bull get out on the midway in Lesbridge when I was a teenager. He, really? he just tore the, the Kessler bull then too. T- tore the page wire and just ran out of the midway. People get on the fair. That would be so. very bad. And the team roping is I saw all the team ropers went and got him. Oh. They did? Yeah. See, that's good. Pretty Western. Oh. Team Look ropers, good Anthony for them. Up there, good eh? for them. Didn't see any team ropers getting this one. <laughs> they, were, they weren't allowed back in there. Yeah, I know. But a big shout out to Clint Humble and Brent oh, Sutton yeah. for getting in there it, right in the mix in a very, like you guys Confined said. Confined area yeah, to tough have to a horse. get in there. Keep it's hard to explain safe. because everybody's thinking about this being an outdoor rodeo, but it's actually kind of like an open air stadium. Yes. It's, it's not, an indoor rodeo without a roof. Yeah. It's not like yeah. we're talking about yeah. the, the bull getting out in a field. Yeah. Like, yeah, this isn't a, if you ever get like a pretty confined area. It was like he might as well got out in the locker room. Yep. Like, yeah. that's what it was. But good luck with him getting past Ann Bleicher because he didn't have the right credentials to get in the locker room. So <laughs> that's true. He didn't have that's the right true. parking cuts. <laughs> Actually, the security guy was in, in the mix trying to get the panels open. Really? Yes. Yeah. Good for the security team. Oh, yeah, he was right in there. They're not wow. trained for that. Well, the, not, yeah. And he yeah. said to the bull, what he's day like, of you can't train. be back here. I heard him say that. You can't be back here. Tommy Joe's going to chew my ass. You don't have a credential, sir. <laughs> you got to go. <laughs> I got a headset you on. You got to go. I got a clipboard. I got the credential hanging from my thing. And they're like, sir, where are you going? I'm like, I'm, I'm kind I'm of running here. <laughs> the innards of this arena. But I like that. I don't ever. Oh, yeah. I, but I, and I appreciate good security guards. Yeah, and that's one of the things Tommy Joe was telling Dan Shaw, the CEO. He was like, this is why we have such strict rules of who, where, when, because of situations like that. The uncontrollable of rodeo, which oddly enough is one of the things that drives us to it. Right. But yeah. it's also one of the most terrifying things when it does go awry. Oh, gosh. Yeah, so well, that would have never happened back in the Roman Coliseum days because all the people down below were... Peasants. Flames that are they were going to die anyway. <laughs> they were getting fed to the lions the next day. And people, so when we talk about Mexican fighting bulls, if there's anybody listening to this that's never been around them, they are truly, I don't want to say evil animals, but Matt Merritt and I were listening to a documentary by uh, some famous writer, and I don't remember his name. Hemingway. Yeah, Ernest Hemingway. Death in the afternoon. There Death you go. The that's it. And he talks What's about... What's your IQ, Brad? 137. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> thought. Anyways, I have the audio book. Um, I've not read it. Words are, hard. They're bred, Words are hard. They're bred to be that way for hundreds of years. They, right? they, they're bred, but they, it's, it started, they're, they weren't even bred to be that way. They were survivalists yeah. because they were yeah. wild animals living in the mountains of Spain and all this and that. I don't know if there's mountains in Spain, but well, hills, hills, hills sure. 
with other predators, bear, mountain lions, everything else, and these animals, that's how they survived. And they just continued to get meaner and meaner, just like it, they evolved. Well, the breeders tweaked it and tweaked it and tweaked it, too. Well, I don't know if it was breed... Maybe that maybe that's the, ha- the only cattle they could raise were, was this kind of Look cattle. Look at buck and bulls. Of course they did. Well, and the, that's the... I guess part I don't know who's going to be listening to the podcast that we have doesn't know a lot about this stuff, but tens tens of, but of, uh, as the educational part, that is the point of the 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 Mexican, which we call Mexicans, but they're Spanish and mm-hmm. blood yeah bulls is very oh well, you're provoking them, you're no, abusing no. them. That's These damn. things are born killers. But they got that, pedigrees on those things for hundreds of years. Some of them. Well, yeah, yep. like well, well, you look at when they're first well, born, several hundred years, right back to the 1600s. These bulls are genetically like yeah. made to be killers, but they're also, like you said, made to survive. So, like the bull tonight, yep. he's like, "Oh, look at this tiny spot that I can escape from." Yep, he just. I'm in survival it. mode. He wanted. I'm going after like, not being able to get Manu because he tried to run down Knox. He tried to run down to <laughs> Kevis, and then Manu just flies over him because he's a freak. <laughs> and then I, he was, was like. This camera guy looks like he doesn't move very fast. Exactly. Let's go They're after like him. They're like a cougar. They just they ah, genuinely cougars. enjoy. Well, they genuinely enjoy playing around with whatever they can get their hands yeah, speaking on. Speaking of cougars, Corb, uh, you're has, kind of a cougar. I mean, <laughs> well, you're you're the male <laughs> That's version. That's not where you're, I was going with that. You're what we call a manther. A manther. A manther. Mm-hmm. Uh, you why are you looking at me when like I invented are you that? You referring to his age? Is that what? It, how old do you got to be to be a manther? I think Corb and I are the same age. I'm no. 24. How old are you? 23. <laughs> we're a year off. How old are you? I guess. Real? Guess. I think we're the same age. You're way older than I am. Anthony's the oldest here. So I you're going to put here. Corb younger than me? Yeah. <laughs> I'll take it. That's Easily. Ridiculous. Really? Easily. Kenan, you might have a baby face. Remember when we hit the ball out of T. Kenan's butt? <laughs> oh, we got to tell that story. We're not telling that story Cor- on the podcast. Corb would we're love also, that And story. we're also going to post the video. No, Whenever no, we I release this podcast on the PBR not. Podcast Network. Oh, that picture not. of me teeing off from your butt <laughs> is going to be the graphic for this podcast. <laughs> it's wow. Such a <laughs> sworn of secrecy. It wasn't, it wasn't anything you, weird. We never, no. So we played golf all day, and Keenan actually is really good at golf. Didn't And I'm, I'm saying it. It's documented. Surprisingly yeah. good at golf. They wrote me off because I was wearing flip-flops. Yeah. Well, and, and you were really, really, them. you were pretty drunk. You look like you hadn't seen the sun in I had a couple beers, years. but it was hot out, Brad. It was hot. And I wasn't fishing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was a fish out of water. <laughs> yeah. And so Keenan, we're eating dinner, and they have like a barbecue and whatever, and Keenan's like, I don't even know how it, it started. late at night. Don't say it was during the barbecue. No, I said like after dinner. Oh, well we'd, after. We'd all been in having a fun day off. That's the greatest <sighs> thing about Utah rodeos is you get a day off, which it never happens at rodeos. And I don't, uh, I don't remember how it came about. Somehow or another, it was Brad standing over Keenan with his pants to his <laughs> knees going, put, it, put the tee <laughs> We put the team. No, we bum. were watching <laughs> the videos. There were. Oh, YouTube. that's right. That's it was right. like a okay. in, a real yep. um. What yeah. do you call it? Real. Viral. You're right. Viral. Yeah, you're right. And I said, a I'm viral. not sure. I'm not sure this is the podcast for me. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get back to yes, okay, it okay. is. Okay. We're making this fun. We don't just be bowel about. I'm open. I'm open minded. Okay, <laughs> continue, it's a, continue. It was like a <laughs> thing where everybody was doing it on the. Whatever the the social media and uh, yeah, I say the social media like I'm nine. <laughs> social media, the, the Facebooks. Anyways, then my kryptonite is somebody said I bet you 
You won't yep. do this. And I <laughs> said, how much? And we ra- what did we raise? Like $400. $400 bucks, American cash. So okay. that's like... 1000 well, yeah, like <laughs> damn near whatever, a thousand a Canada. Lot, Canada. If you use the metric system, it's probably around and a thousand. All it was like I have an extremely small butt, so it's oh. like all I have to do is like get he he just has to hit the ball. Why did you take such a deep sigh right there? Could, could, okay. off the tee? Well, off of me, whatever. Anyways, but he didn't. No pun intended. It was a pain in the ass to get the tee to stick in your bum because it was so small. It is. It was more in my thigh. It was myself and and my nephew Nick, and they're like. Brad's like the tea won't say somebody put another tea and we're like you do it. Can you I ask it. a question? We're talking about the crack of the butt, right? Cr- yeah, no, yeah, we yeah. didn't like. <laughs> <to be clear. laughs> we didn't. No, we no, didn't no. go. We didn't right, stick it, it in. Up, the- you tee it up pretty high. <laughs> okay, good. Because you good. don't want it to get too close. Good then. Good then. <laughs> but then he did get <laughs> so close, Corp. He hit me. He hit me on purpose. Hard, like hard. But let's move on from. Okay. That. If I'm being honest, I I didn't mean to hit you. I was really, I was really drunk. And Nick said, if you hit him on the ass, I'll give you 100 <laughs> What? Which club? Driver. 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 Nice. The yeah. biggest club in there. Show him the video. It was painful. I would. I, I got to find it. I'll find it. <laughs> <laughs> Gave him the wood. <laughs> Gave him the wood and the butt. That's bad. Anyways, We're going to edit that. Edit moving that on. out. This... Edit that out. Anyways, moving on. So, Do you Corp. guys want to ask any like professional questions? Or Corp, tell us about that's your favorite. Not, that's not what this is about. This is about giving people an inside look to people's personalities. And we'll get to the mental stuff and all the good stuff of this. But this is what this is about, is having fun. And you guys are you're awesome. But, Corb, what have you... Uh, we'll go back to the serious stuff for a little bit after that conversation. That was awkward. Yeah, awkward. I have to we're jar taking, myself back into <laughs> serious. Sorry. Taking that part out. Every time now you look at Keenan's rear, you're going to think... Could I do that? And I, I look at it all the time. So <laughs> right. yeah, that's that's what everybody thinks. Have, how long have y'all been friends? Uh, number uh, of years. I don't know about how long we've been friends, but I was thinking about this when you asked that before. But we have a lot of mutual Cor- friends too, right? Yeah. And so Corb grew up not very far down the road from me. He's he's from a small town about forty minutes Tabor west of me. Oh, okay. So he's Tabor. I'm seven persons. We're both Southern Alberta, like. Just about to the Montana border. Anyways, so Corbs used to have, a, he said, like a speed metal band kind yeah. of. Then he started the uh, Corblond and the Hurt and Albertans. When he first started the Corblond and the Hurt and Albertans, it was him and two other guys, right? That's right. Bass player and uh, drummer, yeah. drummer. So, incidentally, the drummer eventually went on to play with Nickelback, strangely. But anyway, yeah. Wow. What? Yeah. Sorry yeah. about that. What's his uh, name, David? Huh? What, what's Ryan. 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 Sorry, I was way off. Anyways, it, um, so $5 Bill had come out, which is one of your first albums of the Hurt No Burns, right? That's right. And uh, big fans. So Corb was coming to play a big concert at uh, in Medicine Hat, the city that I lived closest to, in the uh, Elk Senior Lodge. And so me and my friends from high school were like, we got to get tickets. So we went. And we were the only people under the age of probably 60 or 70 <laughs> there, maybe 80. And Cougar we time. had a time, like yeah. a time. And in fact... The Legion got, hall, hall is like you guys... Um, uh, like a VFW. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. But uh, thank you. it got written up in the newspaper the next day. The Corb Lund and the Hurt and Albertans, such a splash, sold out show. 
And there was even some rowdy teenagers at the uh, concert or whatever. That, that was, was y'all. Us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I remember after we were drinking because we were like literally like next well, it's 18, to Corb. Right? Yeah, 18. Canada. Next to Corb and his band, like we were the next youngest people by like 50 years. <laughs> <laughs> but, so you like, started out with an older crowd that really loved your style. Well, at the music. Legion, that's how it works usually. Oh, yeah, because the Legion. That makes sense. You know, so, I mean, but then, of course, Corb, and he can tell you more about the history, but his family is a rodeo, a very rodeo family from Canada, and his his uh, uncle is a Hall of Famer yep. and Canadian champion and all those things. So, you know, I mean, Corb's been around the scene for as long as he's been alive, just like I have. Sure. So that's how you. That's how it started. You were one of his fans, and then you got to be. Then you became buddies. You met yeah, him. I met. I met. We met each other years later. Actually, oh, okay. at the Canadian. I think it was the Canadian Finals, wasn't it? I think it was the Canadian Finals. Was it through? Was it through uh, Claire? Maybe. Yeah. So we have well, lots of mutual friends, yeah. obviously. But nice. yeah, it's a small community up there, Heck right? Yeah. Like yeah, the yeah. rodeo community is very yeah. small. Yeah. So. Well, that's yeah. awesome. And do you have Keenan? Have you ever done any kind of music? No. Well, I did have a short career as a fiddle player when I was twelve. <laughs> I won a contest, <laughs> short, but uh, very short. I career. can play the harmonica, and that's about it. And then and but much better than Flint Rasmussen. Really, I will say. Oh yeah, it's, yes. That's so you can play. He's band. surprisingly musical. He sang with Chancey. I was impressed. He's a very yeah. good singer, but I think he's I putting the get him on the harmonica. Well, they're they're, they're they're a musical family. Like Stan can play the guitar and sing. Pete can sing. Will can sing. Flint can sing. Will can sing too. Oh, Will can sing well. Wow. Very can you sing? No. Oh. not even. I can't. I don't know what how to keep a, the same key. I had a girl one time elbow me at church because <laughs> she was like, stop doing that. And I'm like, I'm just praising Jesus. She's like, at least just stay low. You're making Jesus every sad. Time, every time you try to get the high note, I think something's wrong with you. She's like, please stop singing. Yeah, something is wrong with me. I haven't hit puberty yet, so give me a, give me a minute. That's, you haven't? I did. But I'm not musical. Uh, back to your question. I'm not yeah. musical, but I... Uh, Love music. Like, yeah. Well, same. But what was your... Did you grow up in a musical household? No, like did not at people? all. You didn't? Uh-uh. It was no. also all cowboy stuff. Yeah. It was strange because you run into like <clears throat> bluegrass pickers and stuff who grew up in a musical family and they've been playing since they were six years old yeah. or whatever. But no, yeah, my family was all just rodeo and cattle and my dad was a vet. And, oh, wow. And... um I think I was I my my favorite record to this day is uh, Marty Robbins Gunfighter Ballads and Trail Songs. Uh-huh. So I I can play the whole record. But um I think uh I was about 16 and I friends at school introduced me to you know the metal of the day, you know, I Aussie and So Iron it Maiden wasn't stuff. country music other than I mean other than Marty Robbins. No, that was my childhood influence. Okay. But but it, it was a funny thing because I I assumed that like, you know, I thought all kids rode steers and stuff. Yeah. But, you know, because that's what you grow up with. And, but I, I just thought that was normal, and I found rock and roll music really exotic and interesting. And I know there's some people who pay lots of money to go to a dude ranch because they find that stuff super right. interesting and exotic. But it was just normal to me. So when when uh, I discovered rock and roll music, I, it was kind of uh, uh, my own little path. And I did that for 10 years. And started writing Western songs about halfway through, and, and it wasn't long before I was I figured out that I could, you know, adapt 
my musical skills to Western music. And was that forced or was that choice? Because what? so like ch- changing to country music. No, like, no, it's just like when you're 16, you kind of rebel against everything you know, right? Sure. At least a lot of people do. Yeah. And then by the time I was in my mid 20s, I was I, you know, kind of got over that and appreciated my my family history and my heritage and stuff. And so like circled back. Yeah, yeah. And just started writing songs about uh, Western stuff and. But having having spent ten years in a in a sort of a musical uh, situation where you're encouraged to be unique and and find your own mu- find your own sound, we were a very independent underground sure. kind of band, and you're sort of the whole thing is to do your own thing and find your own voice. And so I kind of took some of that with me to to my Western music. So because my Western music is a little quirky, as you probably mm-hmm. know, and and that's because I think. Well, I'm kind of a weirdo, part, first of all, but also because I spent my formative musical years in a sort of scenario where you're encouraged to be unique yeah. and interesting and do your own thing and find an original voice. Well, and Brad is is a musical genius, but I listen to a, a lot savant. of music. <laughs> He's a savant. A, a savant of shorts, but of sorts rather. But your style of country music, there's nothing else that I've heard that compares to your music, and I say that as a compliment. Because you have found that uniqueness in your songs that still have heart, still have meaning, but it's not it doesn't still follow the same tempo or the right. sound of of a you know, of a even and I compared you I jokingly said, you know, you <laughs> Canadians George Strait, but in all seriousness, George had a sound that nobody else had ever done before. Yeah. Now you see a lot of guys try to follow that and different things like that. But with your style, if you've never heard Core Blund, you're you're like you say your songs are quirky, but they tell a story. Yeah, yeah I love song, them. every I love song them. tells a story. Yeah, I find I find that uh, there, first of all, there's not very many of us writing Western music anymore. Like George and Garth were the last people to have anything at all Western on yeah. country radio. You know, after that, it was all you know. Well, backroads, and, and, pickup and, trucks. Yeah, right. George, George as good solo. as he was, he really solo wasn't. A, you gotta have a solo. Yeah, yeah in a dirt road. Solo. Although Cody. Yeah. Cody Cody Johnson's kicking butt, which is awesome. He did, yeah. but there's about six or eight of us that like. There's Cody and Aaron Watson and Ned Ledoux and Chancey Williams and and there's a few of us doing mm-hmm. Western stuff, real not, stuff. Not many, yeah. Ian Munzik. So yep. And I so love Ian, I had yeah. this thought the other day, and I want everybody's idea, especially yours, Corb. Country people make fun of country music's not the same. I think there is a distinct difference in Western music and country music. Country music, if you think about the country, it can be farmers, it can be people who live in the country that just have a couple acres or a big ranch or whatever. It doesn't necessarily have to relate to rodeo. That's Pontoon why I think boat. it's so yeah. special and imp- exactly country like rednecks <coughs> and all that stuff. So I don't I can't be as hard well, since I've had that that eye-opening experience. I can't be as hard on the Luke Bryants and the Jason Aldeans and all it's those just people. Different. It's well, just different. It's a you, different you, country music. You, it's, it's their own genre. You, you said something that's actually got some historical truth to it because in the 50s, they say that like country music and Western music were two different styles Yeah. yeah. because uh, country music is largely Appalachian, sort of, uh, you know, Kentucky, Tennessee kind of yeah. mountain music. And Western music was always uh, prairie ballads and, mm-hmm. and cowboy ballads and stuff. And they say that in the 50s, there were some DJs that sort of put them together into country and Western, but they used to be two different things, right? Oh, wow. Oh, wow. And, I didn't know that. And Western music as It's like as R&B. Well. And a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of people don't know that, but people who live a Western lifestyle totally know the difference. But yeah. Pe- people see a hat and they think it's the same thing, but it's, it's it, yeah, as you know, they're, they're different things. Very but different. But there, there's not that many people... Um, uh, who who actually know about Western ag lifestyle? Who put it into their songs? Right? Yeah, like legitimately know. Like people, Tim McGraw writes, you know, 
I went skydive and I went two point however many seconds on a bull named two point seven. Two point seven on a bull named Fu Manchu. But like your stuff is for real. Like you said Kojo and Kojo's a real dude. Yeah, he knows the like, deal. Like he's he's a cowboy. He yep. ropes and stuff like that. Um and Chansey and Ned and you mentioned some other names, but I think that's why it's so important for and I'm not stroking you because you're here, but legitimately why it's so important for you to do what you do because you are still keeping our what things that we love in the Western industry alive. Everything's better with cows around, <laughs> rye whiskey, and like that cowboy Buck spirit. Buck and horse rider. Buck and horse rider. Like cowboy spirit is what's. I think my favorite one is Bible on the Dash. <laughs> I love that song. Yeah. Or Book that's of Mormon. Su- that's su- oh, dude. <laughs> okay. That's such a good I one. I don't know what the story is about the Bibles, but today, so Corb and I have been going back and forth for like two months about, hey, I'm going to be in Salt Lake City. You're going to be in Salt Lake City. Yeah. And then we had it all lined up. He got us tickets to the deal for all of us, right? I we you missed guys, the show. Right? When was the and show? Stupid. Today. Got in the way. But remember, I oh, sent yeah. you the text message, and I said, we're going to go to the Corb show. Is Lisa coming? You don't remember because you don't listen to me, even when I text you. But <laughs> I anyways, remember. and I said to Corb, okay, there's going to be four of us. And uh, so he had all the deal. I and thought it was I, after the rodeo. Exactly. So I lined it all up, and then I realized oh. like three days <laughs> Three days ago, probably, yeah, I right text Corb, and I'm like, I just looked at the website for this amphitheater, and uh, you're playing while the rodeo's on, so we're not coming. Yeah. and That's why I missed the bronc riding. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, okay, well, I guess the whole deal's done. Maybe we'll see him after the rodeo. Came back today to the hotel, pull in, and there's a cargo trailer with Alberta plates. And then there's a van with Alberta <laughs> plates attached to the cargo trailer. And I'm like, well, that's weird. I wonder who's here from Alberta. And I went and looked at the van after I got out of my vehicle, but there's a Bible on the dash. And I'm like, oh, my God. So then I'm like, well, I don't know who is who this is. But, but he loves the text, Lord. I just texted <laughs> Corbin. I said, are you uh, staying at the Little America? <laughs> I am. I said, white van? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the deal is with the Bible, but what kind of music are you listening to? Christian music, sir. Christian music, sir. I love that song. <laughs> my my dad loves that song. We listen to that song a lot. What is your if I mean if you it's it's probably hard for you to pick. Let's get into the music part, Brad. I love it. If there's one Notice song, I back away from the from the the <laughs> microphone when this is happening because I love music, but not like you guys love music. If there's one song that you could say, I am most proud of this song which one would it be of my tunes of yours yeah uh there's a couple there's one called s-l-a-z-h it's mm-hmm. about yeah. it's about hey so, that was on the ranch unreal yeah yeah I remember it's, it's kind of a tearjerker about to losing the family place you, you remember you remember the show the ranch song. oh yeah with sam elliott they use i met sam elliott they use that song what? on the ranch oh man yeah. i remember that that one and there's one called the truth comes out that i like a lot so it's those are good. recent songs what about like old ones yeah well, that one that we used to ride him is a good one. It's kind of about dad retiring from bulldogging. I'll tell you my favorite praise of Alberta because I'm from Alberta. But <laughs> makes the, sense. The song though, way to is connect. Like, <laughs> if you listen to it though, it's just like it is a ballad of Alberta. Like it's a, it's from where we grew up. So I guess yeah. it seeks to me more. You know, yeah, but, it's about the beauty of the short grass up there. Yeah. So the first time I heard about Corblund. And you're going to appreciate this story. I was at in Nyarada, Montana, a family friend that we've known forever, a guy named Jeff Morrow. Oh, yeah. Shooting Star Sapper. my man. 
He's Dude, got this. Sir sound, yes. I've, so Jeff, we have a family you ranch. You know Jeff? Yeah, oh yeah. Really? We have a family ranch in between Browning and St. Mary. And Jeff lived on our ranch for 20 years. My grandpa taught him how to break horses. You can ask him about Harry Shelt. Okay. My great grandpa. He's got this guitar strap, and it says Corb on it. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, man, that's cool. I said, who's this for? He said, uh, Western singer Corb Lund. You should check him out. And that day, left there, downloaded on iTunes some Corb Lund. Oh, that's how you heard of it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I bet that's that was. That's awesome. Man, I bet that was uh, 15 years ago. Yeah. 15 years ago. The coolest thing about this guy, he's old school. Jeff Morrow's old school. He built my brother a pair of shaps. I bought him for his birthday. He gave us a list of all the artists that he listened to same. while he was same. making my brother's shaps. Same. Did he all, do that for yeah, you? Yeah, same thing. Big long list. That's cool. Wait, From the Grateful Dead to Dwight yep. Yoakam. He, yeah. he did the uh, <laughs> right. sound like at the bull thing and stuff, right? Who? Are, are you talking about the same guy? No, you're thinking of Jeff Marn. Oh, yeah. Okay. This well, guy, this now. guy's yeah, yeah. old school cowboy. But he's yeah. made me a bunch of holsters and a bunch of straps and wallets. Yeah, he's the best. Yeah, I saw your your guitar strap there, and I, was, I said, "Who's that for?" And he said, "Corblund. He's a Western singer. Should check him out." <laughs> Jeff, Morrow. that's awesome. It's a cool story. It's a cool story. So that's how that's how I heard about you. That's him too, Jeff. It's warthog on the outside and lizard on the inside. Got some American cash in there. Smells like his butt. <laughs> That's cool, man. But yeah, that that was that was the first place I'd ever heard about Core Blood. Huh. Well, I'll tell Jeff. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, too. Well, that's really cool. I'm glad you guys could have mutual friends as well. I'm sorry, man. You got to make the connections. It's a, it's six degrees of separation here. Are we doing degrees or Celsius? Because I'm so confused right oh now. Oh my god, Celsius <laughs> is in degrees. So. Your degree. Okay. So with with that being said. Did you compete, and, and people might have, if they've listened to other podcasts or know your history or story, but one thing I've never asked you is, I know you grew up in a rodeo family, but did you ever actually compete in rodeo? Yeah, I rode steers lots, and then I bulldogged a bit in high school. Two hands? Rode two hands, yeah, two, two hands. hands, yeah, two hands. So, Which is kind of more dangerous, I think, actually. You, okay, okay we, here we go. Here we go with the debate. Yes. Don't even try to get in a debate. No, it's not a debate, but I... Corb. We're back. Okay, for all... If I had to do it over, asleep. I would have done it one, I think. There you go. Yeah, but Thank you wouldn't you. have liked it on those... Thank okay, you. time out. Feedlot cattle. Time out. <laughs> First off, you brought up, when we were in discussion with Keenan yesterday, you brought up a valid point that if... Got, if more bull riders started without doing two hands from Canada, there would be, how did you say it? They would be better than they are now. I don't think I put it uh, like that. That's did I? I no, you're going to have <laughs> Parsonage waiting for me in the parking lot. Two-handed rider, by the way. Yeah, so that's rider. my point. So Keenan then made a point. You guys were going back and forth, and you were bringing up, Brad was bringing up good points. Keenan was, and then Keenan just trumped them all when he said it teaches you to be square. And then he also trumped it again when he goes, and Parsonage also was a top caliber two-handed bull steer rider, whatever it is. Well, I'm I'm a big advocate for two-handed steer ride, but I'm also a big advocate. In Canada, we've had for probably 70 years, just about, two-handed steer riding yeah. because we ride beef cattle. Okay. Right? And steer riding, actually, at, like, rodeos in the United States is Rope not, and steers. It's common, yeah. right? To have it at, like, Fort Worth, which yep. they just started doing a few years ago. Yeah. Uh, the year before they moved to the new Dickies. But anyways, so we've do, done that forever. And it was a way to develop riders. Yep. Right? But it was meant to be 
a learning process. So the kids would get on a very young age. They can't ride with one hand when they're tiny little kids. Sure. So do the two hands. And then we kind of, that's a very Canadian thing. That, that They don't do that anywhere else in the world. What, what age do hand. they stop riding with two hands? 14. 14. 14? Yeah. Like once you hit 14. And then a number of years ago, it's a long story, but they kind of moved away from doing beef cattle at the rodeos to the Brahma cattle because they said the beef cattle aren't trained in the chutes, blah, blah, blah. So they use the Brahma cattle. So a lot of kids have switched to one hand because protecting their heads, yeah. face. Yeah. Because you get jerked down a lot. Yeah, and, and this is like my debate on the whole thing is then we should just go back to the beef cattle because it's meant for learning. It's not meant well, for... Well, like I guess I guess, I guess here's rides, my argument. Right? Here in the States, the younger kids now are getting on miniature bulls. And those miniature bulls, as you've seen before, they turn back. They'll be right there in the latch, right? Hard to ride them with two hands. Yeah. It's the same no, with the brown There's macaws, no way to ride right? them with two hands. Yeah, the brown I mean, cows that... I mean, from the ones I've seen, though, buck pretty straight, though, right? Well, some, but, like, there's guys packing these cows, like, or moxa. Oh, really? It's mutza. Did you know that? Mutza? Yeah. He told me yesterday. No. It's spelt moxa. But I asked him yesterday because I wanted to know, and if you've never met Ward Mutza, he's one of the coolest guys you will ever meet. He said... If you were to spell how you say my name, it's M-U-T-Z-A. So for all the other rodeo announcers Mutza. that really? might be listening to this, it's Mutza no Rodeo Company. You don't have to it's worry. Hungarian. About... It's Hungarian. You don't have to worry about any announcers. It's quite a Hungarian announcers. name, actually, now that you say that. But anyway, so Are you Googling the... me? What What are you doing with your phone right now? Are you? Well, because Moxa, Moxa, I was just trying to show like, you some, but... assumed like Spanish. No, right. it's Hungarian. How did you not know Ward is Hungarian? I don't know. I'm I'm not Anyways, too familiar with I'm just Hungarian. Saying, I people. I would go back to advocating for it's a, it's kind of you can't show a video if the one, people can't see half it, a so dozen stop. of the other. I'd I'd advocate for two hands if they are the right cattle, but I would the say right cattle they got to yeah. have one hand yeah. if they're going to be a thousand pound Brahma cow. Okay, next like, question. Whatever. Want to see some two two handed steer riding? I okay. We're, you're going to have to send me this, and we're going to post it with this video. Who's that, you? Yeah. That was nine or something. Black and white photo. How old are you? Let's I'm like 80. <laughs> Let's check this out. <laughs> I mean, he's on a $5 bill. Corb is older than me. He's That's... on the $5 bill. I didn't even know you guys had $5 bills in Canada. <laughs> I thought it was just loonies and toonies. You look scary. <laughs> you look I was, like Chucky. I was a child. <laughs> he was a child. That's actually when he was 32. <laughs> it's not a big deal. Corb, have, can you play the guitar behind your back? Uh, I've never tried that. Play I'm not sure why guitar? you would do that. No, like, I guess have you ever seen Slash? Sure, like, right. Or put him in Jimi Hendrix. I can barely guy. play the guitar in front of me. Yeah, beat. <laughs> That's bull. I've seen you play. No, the I can play chords and stuff, it's but incredible. I can't. I can't like do crazy stuff. Murr. That's my favorite part. When he comes on my show and he sings, <laughs> everything's better with cows around. I sit in the back <laughs> awkwardly and I go. Murr. That's funny. Lyrics. It's funny because when I was a kid riding <laughs> steers, like by the time I was thirteen, I was my legs were too long to get a hold of anything, right? And so you Parsonage is tall. You know Jared Parsons. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's tall. But you're taller than him. What probably. are you six seven, six eight? <laughs> three, I think. Six three, yeah. But probably. Uh, yeah. Know. Yeah, I'm six two. You're just, just above me. What do we got? That's Keenan. His dad with knee pads on, or Lloyd Ketchum. No, that's the uh, famous Canadian bullfighter named T.J. Baird. 
to you, yeah. Jay Baird, turning this bald face Hereford back and for the win. About to my local rodeo. <laughs> no Box chance Springs you rode him through Box that. Springs rodeo. No Remember chance that? you rode him through that. We're gonna post this photo. Oh, I did. I won. No, I won the rodeo. I can see. I got what's the buckle. Happening. <laughs> you were gonna land on your left shoulder. You probably broke your collarbone. No, I won the rodeo. <laughs> no chance you made that corner. That was Eden. in the short round because I already no. rode one. Okay, and it was my first rodeo I ever entered too. But yeah, I'm gonna need to see the. That's the... not even Keenan. That's Toby McGuire. <laughs> That's from the Spider Man. Did you did you compete? I t- it's just team roped. Yeah, I'm not built to so ride really. bucking things. Not built to bu- ride bucking things and or fall off bucking things. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna My use this picture. What I love about this picture is this guy sitting on the fence that is not impressed. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! That guy's like, all right, old Red's got him. <laughs> Look at that haircut. How long did you have to ride that animal for? Eight seconds, buddy. Well, so we do we do young gun stuff, and it's six seconds. No, I didn't no. Know. In Canada, it's a real deal, and we they're at all the big pro. Other than two hands, <laughs> like the the novice events he's and steer riding have been in. Uh, he means he's frustrated. The Calgary Stampede for probably I do hundred years. I do love love watching the novice saddle bronc riders because it's incredible. Like, and they don't put easy horses for them either. They're no, not they just buck. hopper. Practice. Do horses. they not have that in states? Nope. No, we don't have that. Oh, okay. You want to know some of the? I novice, mean, we do. It's uh, called the National High School Final. Oh, okay, right, going on. Right, right. Some of the novice champions from the Calgary Stampede. Oh yeah, Casey Field, yep. Oren Larson. Like, there's been some real deal. Guys. Leighton Green, Dawson. Yeah, they've all oh. done well. Yeah. Cade Madsen just won the novice bareback riding. But Cade Madsen won the steer riding at Stampede. Cade's from twice. the states, right? He's from Utah. Utah. Yeah. yeah. Just outside of town here, so yep. you can be what if from any state and enter that. Well, it used to be invited. you could you you had to be yeah. There was like kind okay. of an invitational deal, but like Leighton Barry, all these guys, they come up there from the states. So is the novice program in Canada like our high school, or is there still no. a high school association? Twenty one high school. There's still high school rodeo. Okay. They can qualify for the national finals. Everything. Okay, there's districts in Canada, and then the novice. The novice bareback and saddle bronc are at pro rodeos. Okay, they have them at some amateur rodeos, but like that's for pro rodeos. Okay, and it's anybody twenty one and under, and like they can even be on their permit mm. as long as they haven't filled their permit. They can oh, enter nice. the novice. Right? Nice. There's a few guys do do both. Both. Eh? Yeah, yeah. It used to be a lot more, but yeah. And then and then they have junior steer riding, which is up to fourteen years old from like eleven. Novice is twenty one, right? Okay. Anyway, so this is the point of the show where we get into the mental aspect, and we and we talk, we always I, I love to talk about this. We have talked to bull riders and bareback riders, barrel racers, and everything of and people in in our industry in the Western industry, and I would even say Corb, you were in our industry, though it's a different platform. But going from being raised in rodeo and and the ranching lifestyle to then venturing and being in a metal band, and then going into western music the ups and the downs the ebbs and the flows it wasn't an overnight success you're still working your tail off to be and represent it's oh i feel like it's almost now it's like a passion project for you because it's it's because you care about western agriculture and you want to continue to be a voice for all of those but talk about the ebbs and the flows the disappointments working through that to saying, no, I can do this. Like, talk about the mental aspect that goes into being a a musical performer. Yeah, I mean, I've been doing this since high school. 
and it's all I've ever really wanted to do. And, and, um, there's lots of ups and downs. I mean, there's still, there's, there's still ups and downs even today. Cause like, uh, although the the last five or six years, the thing is for Canadians, it's extra hard because like I've been f- fairly popular in Canada for quite a long time, but, uh, it's, it's tough to make a name for yourself in the States unless you're down here all the time, which I have been the last 10 or 15 years. And the last, the first eight or 10 were pretty, pretty grindy. And like, I, because it's, I can go back home and, you know, people pat me on the back and whatever. So it takes a certain amount of like grit to get in the van, come down here and know that I'm going to eat shit for, for months. And, but now I don't anymore and it's been worth it. But there were a long, there was a long period where it was, uh, it was, uh, pretty grindy. So (laughs) one of those, one of those things that we talk to when we talk to rodeo competitors, they say, it's like, who, what do you want to be known for? Or. I want to be the baddest man alive. Even if if they're struggling or if they don't haven't ever won a gold buckle or whatever it is, what do you tell yourself in those moments where you're like, would it be easier just to stay in Canada or, you know, what do you tell yourself? Well, I want to compare my. I don't care if I'm ever Garth Brooks or whatever, but I don't care so much about about the level of my success. But I, it's appealing because I want to I want to compare my songs and my performances to to the other voices of my generation, right? Okay. Like I I don't. I want to. I just want to be in the mix, and and I mean, those of us who perform and and create art are, we have something in us that needs to express something for yeah. for better or for worse, and and you you know you have an intrinsic desire to get that out to people. So, um, this point in history, America is the that's this is the world platform, right? So yeah. I'm down here as much as I can, and and it's been really, it's it's interesting because the rodeo community has actually been a really good in for me because it's it's tough for Canadian artists to be taken seriously in the states. Sure, and I've one of the one of the the key things that I've found that actually translates because I write my own music is and I want to be authentic, so I'm not going to write and pretend I'm an American because I'm not. But one of the things that's really resonated is the is the Western stuff because that tra- that translates all the way down to Texas, right? Yeah. So that's that's been a really a really uh, a cool angle for me is is to write about my family heritage and my family history and and my own interest in Western culture because it translates all the way to down the Rockies to yeah. So that's that's been a, a, a revelation for me the last maybe ten years ago I figured that out but it's like uh, all the all the stuff about rodeo and ranching and cattle and stuff people get that all the way yeah. down to New Mexico that's awesome so what's that for for Brad and I we always talk about those moments in a rodeo for us being as announcer music director where we feel like we won like we have <laughs> an amazing setup or a guy you know we did this badass setup and then the guy rides and he goes ninety or eighty eight and a half or whatever. And it's like we look at each other and we're like, we did it. Keenan, I'm sure, in his production where like a rodeo hits the timeline and every, everything goes well, that's a win. But as a musical performance performer, what is a win? Like how do you what's your victory? You know what I'm saying? Like like is it just performing and, and seeing a reaction? Or is there like a is there something more than that? Well, you can kind of tell it's it's strange these days because you used to be able to tell using different metrics using like record sales and, and radio play, but that's all out the window now because yeah. of the internet. But uh, and I, I honestly, I'm probably too old to numbers on on uh, Spotify don't mean anything to me. The only thing that really means anything to me is going to a town and having more people there than the last time. Yeah, you know, yeah. but but it's you know. I don't know. There's there's two halves of my brain. One, you know, we all have the the business half that wants to build your career and 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 see things grow and all that stuff, and I'm, that's natural and cool. But the other part of me 
doesn't care about that. And the only thing I care about is is feeling a connection with the audience when I play the play the songs. And I'm fortunate that I've been able to make a career out of writing stuff. I I know people in the radio industry and and they do their thing and that's fine. But but I would never want to do that because the stuff I write means something to me. And I don't I honestly don't care if people like it or not. Like it, it feels good when the people who do like it like it. But I don't care if it if it translates to a mass audience, it's the most important thing for me. And the thing that really keeps me going, the, the juice for me is the communication during there the show. Okay. And, and I can tell the first eight rows when they get it. Yeah. And like, I'm singing a tune about my, you know, my grandpa or a ranch or something and people, their eyes light up and they get it. That's, that's the juice for me. That's cool. That's good. That's cool. That, I, I, it I, seems I, a little naive, but that's true. No, no that's I, deep. I, that's good. That, like that's that. deep. And I, and that's, that's what I wanted to get to was, was that's what, fuels your fire and the, and the rest of it kind of takes care of itself like yeah. i feel like if you do that right you know you have your ups and downs and you have you assemble a good team around you and they take care of the business part and then eventually if you if you do your thing long enough and you're good at it and you connect with people the the, the rest works itself out that's so good wow yeah that's profound <laughs> I, I love that it is yeah, for, it really is for me because when in what we do it's that reaction from an audience and when you can you hopefully create a moment for them. And I feel like what you're doing is on a deeper, more intimate level because you're truly able to, with something you wrote, like move people. Mm-hmm. And that, that's special. Well, he's, yeah. he's basically doing what I do and what you do. <laughs> to with connect, what right? he I mean he's not yeah. mimicking Bob Tolman no, no no he's like saying yeah. with road, words that have been in his heart he's putting them on paper and then he's putting music to it By and then he's singing yeah. it that's incredible I'm like, trying to do what Charlie Russell did yeah you know that the, the western artist mm-hmm. you get painter yeah cause, cause he Montana he sort of uh, all the badasses are yeah <laughs> He 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 really represented the culture, you know. And I, you know, I don't rodeo anymore, and I don't. I'm too busy to have a, to have cattle, but that's certainly my heritage, and I, I understand that culture, and it goes back generations. So, I my job is to is to take that culture and represent it artistically, mm-hmm. and and we and we play in Europe, and we play in Australia, we play in Eastern U.S. and Eastern Canada. So it's it's especially cool to play here where people get it because they know all the references. But it's also cool to uh take it elsewhere and and have people be intrigued by it. Yeah. Cuz people like cowboy shit anywhere yeah. in the world, right? Yeah, I'm right. And so you go there and you and you sing for them and they kind of get it and they kind of don't get it, but it's sure. But it's still I th- I still think what you're doing is creating an interest even if they don't get it right off the bat, the more they listen to you, then they will get it and then that goes into everything that but, uh, we do. Exactly. That's yeah. what I was going to say. That's what I feel like we do, which I don't know. You're going to ask me the question, but I feel like we do yeah, that. Yeah, I'll well, ask you the like same question. The connection. Yeah. Right? So it must feel good when you see people having a great time at the rodeo, right? Yeah. Well. Anyways, I don't want to jump in on his thing. No, he he. I think I'm he, done. Yeah, he put a a big old period on it. Like that was awesome. Yeah, we could end it. But there, uh, yeah, <laughs> but no. I want to know what I want to know. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm interested in in his question for you too. Like what what gets you off? I don't think I said those. I mean, well, you know what I mean. Okay, in the With, states. In a let, me, let me just tell you what that means in the states. In a professional, in a professional sense, you know, within your job. Professionally, what gets you off? Anyways, we've had a great show. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. Uh, uh, sorry, mom. Uh, no, but legitimately, and, and all same thing. What is like? What's your victory? Like, what's your win being a, a rodeo producer? Well, and that's. I mean, growing up in the sport, I mean, that's my whole 
life. I grew up in rodeo. I'm second generation rodeo bullfighter, bull rider, but same thing. Like in also the Western industry and being an advocate of rodeo ranching agriculture yeah, is, you know, and I think that's, I guess my win is when I feel like we left a performance having connected to people, but maybe educating them, maybe giving them a sense of who we are and yeah. what, what their connection is to our um, lifestyle. Like not people, people go, Oh, well I get my groceries and I get my you know vegetables from the grocery store and I get my meat from the grocery store. But we're like, Hey guys, we're out here doing this every day and what rodeo is, is just a picture into our life for two and a half hours, yeah. right? And so, I don't know, like, mentally, I guess, for me, growing up and being involved in it, how maybe I'm different than some of the other rodeo producers of today's day and age, or guys there calling the show or whatever, is that's how I grew up. That's what I know, so... I know when we need to let people know, like, this is how we live. This is this is why we rope calves. This is why we team rope. This is why we saddle bronc ride. Mm-hmm. And how do you connect people to that, but also entertain them? Because people want to be entertained. They oh, yeah. feel something. You know right? what's crazy is, like, the stage you're on, literally, and the stage that we have, we're literally after the same goal. Yeah. yeah. Just in different senses. For sure. And just like you said... You can tell when you have a crowd, right? And it's the same when you're announcing. It's the same when you're playing music from a laptop. I'm not as good as core. <laughs> but you play core blunt music. I do. I do. <laughs> and it's the same as when you look out and you could see that work paying off, right? All those miles, the grinding, everything has just come to fruition. And those nights when everything clicks, yeah. the crowd's there, you're on fire, you can't miss. It's that one good shot. Well, those, those are the days like yeah. <laughs> that keep you just going. Exactly. And for me, like in my role, it's like if I was producing a Corblund concert, it's how do you tie in the perfectly timed lighting look to the video of a close up of Corb's face or, you know, a guy getting out on a bronc. Yeah. Whatever. Like that's my job, right? The conductor of understand the symphony. that, yep. right? And where the lights need to come up, down, what you need to say, when you need to play the music, mm-hmm. whatever, how you what sequence you should play your songs in. Yeah. That's the stuff that I go over and over in my mind every day to think like if we do it just this much better, we will connect more. Yeah. People will feel more. And at the end of the day, I want them to be entertained. I want them to have had fun. But I also want them to leave saying, man, like, Western lifestyle is cool. Agriculture is awesome. Cowboys are awesome. That's all I care about. Can't wait to go back. We need to perpetuate the Western lifestyle because people need to know where we get our food from. Making an influence. That's it. Making an impact. Yeah. That's the basis of this podcast, and that's exactly what both of y'all are doing. And the, the goal of all of us here is to continue to make that impact, continue to have an influence, like you said, to educate, entertain, and make people feel something that they've never felt before, whether it's through a song, whether it's through an event they watched, whether it's through a perfectly timed sell at a rodeo, or whether it's through something that I said, like, that's what brought us all together. That's, that's what brings us all together, and that's what unites us on this front of being a cowboy, a member and members of the Cowboy Mafia. <laughs> I know you, I know you guys have Mounties up there, but you're you're now in a Mafia. Well, so 
You're in a mafia, and you don't even know it. That's what that's that's what this that's what this podcast is about. Is everyone in our industry saying we are a mafia? We are a group that has an influence, and if, if together with our voices, with our songs, with our events, with our music, we can make a positive impact and leave this world better than we found it. Love it for sure. Corblun, thank you so much. I, Little I Joe the Wrangler <laughs> will wrangle nevermore. So I'm gonna actually, if you don't mind, if we'll. Uh, I'm gonna close it, and then if you want to sing a little ditty, and he can play fiddle background. <laughs> and so I'm Anthony Lucia. That's Brad Narducci, Keenan Vine, Corblun. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you like, subscribe. Make sure you leave a rating, and make sure that you share this. Make sure you follow us on at Cowboy Mafia, all forms and all platforms of social media. And if you remember nothing else that you saw her today, remember this: be thankful for the ones beside you. Be thankful for the God above you and be thankful for the life before you. We love you, fans, and we'll see you next time. Yeah. Take it away, Corb. Take us home, Corb. Rye whiskey, rye whiskey, rye whiskey, I cried. If I don't get rye whiskey, well, I think I may die. I'm going to go up yonder holler. I'm going to build me a still. And I'll sell you a gallon for a $5 bill. Well, my horses ain't hungry and they don't want your hay. So fare thee well, darling, and I'll be on my way. We're on our way. Beautiful. Good night, everybody. Good day, good afternoon. Make it a great one. It's the only one we got.